Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Beat School, the podcast for beginners, bandits, and beat makers. No matter where you are on your production journey, if you're a hip-hop producer, you're just starting out, or you've got a little bit more skin in the game, this is the podcast for you. My name is Kia Orion. I'm a music producer. I've been writing, making music, producing music for over 10 plus years, and I'm here to answer your most persistent questions. So this is Beat School, and in each episode, we take a deep dive into gear, concepts, creativity, marketing, and everything in between. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. So today's question is, should you send the same beats to different rappers? And here's my take on it. You can definitely send the same beats to different rappers. I think this depends a little bit on your relationship with them and kind of what your strategy is. Uh, Some folks send beat packs to different artists and specific artists where others kind of shop them around and it's a first come first serve. I think it depends on what you're shooting for. If you're looking to develop a relationship with an artist, it can mean a lot to say, here, I made these for you and to give them to those that artist specifically compared to just, you know, sending them beats willy nilly or something like that. However, a lot of times you might send a beat pack to an artist and if they never touch it or they don't sit on it for or they do sit on it for a while, then I think it's kosher if you want to send those beats to somebody else. So often I think what happens is you might send uh, beats from artists. So, you know, if you were, I think this happened recently with uh, the, the gold link beat crew. If you know that beat, uh, it was that smash maybe a summer to a year or two ago. And that was actually a sample that that same producer, I believe his name was Teddy Watson or something like that. Uh, Teddy had sent, he had made that beat for somebody else. And then he ended up coming back to it, reworking it, kind of messing around with the sample again, and then pitching that and sending that over to Goldlink or Goldlink's manager, that whole crew that got their hands on it. And so often what'll happen is you'll have a beat pack that you send to an artist and it it can really mean a lot if you if they know that you made those beats with them in mind because then they're going to feel more apt or more likely to use those beats because they're crafted with care if i know you made something just for me that's going to increase the likelihood of me using it compared to if it's something that, oh, you sent that to everybody, okay, say less. Like, I might be a little bit more flaky on the beat somewhere in there. So it really comes down to you. What's your strategy? What kind of a take do you want to uh, approach this with? Because it depends what your lane is and where you're at in your production. So here's my take on it. I've said this before in previous episodes, but I'm going to say it again here in case you missed it. If you're just starting out, and you really want to uh, work with an artist specifically and kind of t- uh, do some artist development and really kind of build and craft a sound with them, I would obviously not recommend sending those beats to anybody else. So if you find an artist, a singer, a rapper, and you really want to build that relationship, just send them beats, make them beats speci- uh, specifically, and you can really kind of then hone that sound together. Because as soon as you start to send those beats to other artists, then your product, you know, think of it like uh, anything else, your product becomes diluted. If your artist and then somebody else jump on the same beat, listen, especially if you're just starting out and they aren't huge artists, the chances of their listeners overlapping is so small that it really doesn't matter. But the fact that you can say, yo, this is an exclusive and I gave it just to you is a huge deal. So right now, what I'm doing with artists is I don't sell a ton of super cheap leases anymore just because I'm not playing that volume game. And instead, what I'm doing is I'm working with artists, specifically a handful of artists, and I make beats with them in mind, but I'm also able to lease those beats to other people. 
So the way that I'll tell you about how I do it, and this isn't necessarily uh, the best strategy. This is just what I found works for me. I find more inspiration when it comes to hearing an artist, what they're into, and crafting a beat for an artist. So if I'm just making beats for me, if I'm making beats for Kia, that's an entirely different thing. But if I'm going to actually make beats for artists, I like to know an artist's sound and I find inspiration saying, oh, you know what? This sounds like something that I could shop to Lucid. Or something like that where I'm like oh yeah you know what I heard Lucid's new tape this shit is dope let me make a Lucid kind of beat you know a beat for him and so but I don't at this point sell a lot of my my beats exclusively because a lot of the artists that I'm working with don't have the bread that I would want for an exclusive beat because I am still a little bit in that tight beat hustle uh, kind of space I like being able to sell my leases to other artists just in case So I might create with somebody in mind, send them a beat specifically, but most of the beats that I sell now are unlimited leases. So those will be, they get the same, pretty much they can sell it, they have the same commercial use as my exclusives, but then just in case they allow me the freedom to sell them to other people. That doesn't mean I always will sell them to other people, but I like having, you know, think of it like a romantic, you know, you're in an open relationship. Sometimes just if you say, okay, you know what? I don't have the the restraints of this monogamous relationship. Then I feel like, you know, just because I can mess around being like, ah, I don't really want to. You know, it's like growing up, if your parents are super strict, you want to break and bend the rules, you're going to kind of push those boundaries. But as soon as it's like, no, you know what? You go have your freedom. You're like, I don't really feel like fucking around anymore. And so that's how I kind of feel with the leases is I don't like to be boxed in and sell cheap exclusives just in case because I'm also on a hustle right now where I'm um, working on leasing and selling beats to music libraries or trying to get them placed, like different placements and not in a sense of with an artist, but either in, you know, commercial gigs, TV shows, things of that nature. So I like the freedom that comes with an unlimited lease, but to sell exclusively for me, if I'm going to sell someone an exclusive beat, it's going to cost a pretty penny. And most of the artists that I'm working with, I don't even, I, I'm not even going to ask them for the bread because I know they don't have it. And so I'm not really putting all my eggs in one basket on one artist. That being said, if I were, and say if it was a 40 Drake relationship or DJ Premier Guru type of thing, if there were an artist where I'm like, yo, this is that dude or this is that girl and I'm going all out. I probably wouldn't even charge them. I'd make them exclusives. I'd make them beats and I wouldn't even charge them for them. I would say, ah, boom, take that because I believe in you. And then that way, when the artist actually does pop or get some success recognition, they'll, they'll remember that. And hopefully they'll bring you along, you know, for the ride, for the journey, because they, it's not even then at that point that you hope at that point, you are so intrinsically connected with their sound that they know if they want to continue to have that same success, you're an integral part of that sound. So it's not like you get popping in and then switch to another producer. If we've built this thing together, you know that I got that special sauce that is pause. Then, then you know that you're going to need. And I think that's also the beauty of really becoming a producer and experimenting with your own sound, really kind of developing your own lane, your own craft, so that way you, what you make can't be necessarily recreated. So the artists do depend on you. They, they're going to say, hey, I'm going to go to you because you're a specialist. So you can charge more if you're a specialist because you know exactly what you're getting. 
So that was a quick episode, but that's my take on selling beats to different rappers. Again, if you want to go the more volume type beat, cheap leases, uh, you know, and you want to be cash money AP, that sort of a vibe, you can sell that as, as many as you want. At the same time, what cash money AP does now is he also works with big artists. So you can also kind of do a little bit of mixing and matching. Maybe you sell some super cheap leases, and then you also have these other beats that you shop just to specific artists you believe in. So you can kind of take it a different way. It just depends on the strategy that you want to tackle yourself and what works best for you and your inspiration. Again, when it comes to business, it doesn't work unless you stay inspired and you can continue to create. So find what works best for you. That's just my two cents. Hopefully that works. If you're out there on that selling, leasing, beats, hustle, I totally get it. Get on your grind coming to you live and direct if you have a question you want to ask and you want answered you can find me at kia orion k-i-a-o-r-i-o-n everywhere on social media or kia at kiaorion.com uh get at me beat school podcast thank you for tuning in answering your questions more soon come peace <laughs>